Well, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. If you are here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this congregation, and I want to say thank you so much for worshiping with us uh, here uh, on site in our sanctuary, and I want to also thank those of you who are joining us online. And if you're listening to our podcast while you're driving, make sure that the hands are on the wheel and your eyes are on the road, especially if you're on 422. I just want to make sure you knew that. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, today, this is our second week of our Advent series uh, that's titled Christmas, uh, The Story Changed Everything. Now, last week, I began with the series with the story of Zechariah of how the angel Gabriel came down to him with a message from the God Almighty and then made an impact in his life. Now, I can't, I don't have time to go back into that story, so if you missed it, I encourage you to go back into the playback option through our Facebook page as well as our, uh, as well as our YouTube channel. Not only is the message, but last week we also had the orchestra and, the, and uh, a bunch of singers, so if you missed it, again, I encourage you to check it out. Now, before I go into today's uh, main scripture, I want to share with you a few words from my earliest years of pastoral ministry. And in fact, to be more specific, it was before I went into pastoral ministry. There was a time that God had placed a calling in my, my life, and I knew the calling was so strong, but guess what? I didn't, really, I didn't want to do it. The, pa- the, the call was to go into pastoral ministry. You see, my dad was a pastor, my mom was a pastor, and I knew the struggles and the times that she, they needed to be away from the families or the kids because they needed to tend to ministry. And I said, God, I don't want to be a part of that. And most of you know already that pastoring was not going to my to-do list in life. This is what I want to be. Nope. Pastor was not in the beginning, middle, or end of my to-do list. But God had other plans. In the midst of that calling, every year that went by, not just year, every day that kept on going by, there was things that were reminding me of that calling. So it came to a point that I needed to just be able to face God. You know, when I say face God, it's just, okay, God, here here I am. Between you and me, it's like, why would you want to call me? I'm like nobody. I'm like an ordinary man. I was like, I don't have any uh, seminary background. I don't have any, I'm young. It's like, can't somebody else do it? Can't, you know, and you've probably gone through that, not for pastor or ministry, but if God has placed something in your life, don't you realize, God, you know, I'm busy. I'm like, have somebody else do it. Well, one thing for sure is that if we don't do it, God's going to find somebody else to do it, but why not, you know, answer that call? But I did, uh, and the reason why I did was I heard one time, you probably heard this before, and impacted my life because I was struggling whether I should go into ministry or not because I didn't know what was going to be the end result. I just knew what was current and what I needed to do for my life and the life of my family, but I heard this quote that was being mentioned. He says, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so I know that as you look at it real quick and be like, oh, I don't know, Pastor, you know, uh, there are people who are qualified and they're called to ministry. I'm not saying that there aren't. What I'm saying is that's how it impacted my life that when I heard those words that God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called, I feel like I'm being called. Okay, God, that means that if you're calling me, God, if you, and if you're there, I'm going to follow, but you got to provide the tools and the time and the, and the care and the patience because, God, i got to grow through all of this. I have questions. And you know what? In fact, I still have questions that I have not been answered. And I still have prayers that I still have not been answered. But in the midst of all that, I trust in the Almighty God that it, when his timing is the perfect 
perfect time that he's going to answer those questions as well as those prayers, let it be his timing. Because if it is his timing, it is the perfect time. And so I don't know where you are in your life that you're waiting for an answer, uh, uh, prayer to be answered, or you have questions. It's okay to continue to build a relationship with God because as you continue to grow with him, he's not asking you not to ask him questions. It's okay to ask God questions. And throughout the Bible, you'll actually see when those who build a relationship with God, they had questions. Think about Moses. Think about other people in the Bible. And God continued to help them. Now, Throughout my life, I have come to the understanding and see that through the power of God, ordinary people will do extraordinary things. For example, David was a shepherd. Fishermen were Jesus' first disciples. Mary and Martha were his good friends. These were all ordinary people. God chose ordinary man, uh, chose an ordinary man uh, to raise and nurture his son. That's what we're going to go and hear today about this ordinary man named Joseph as found in the gospel book of Matthew chapter 1 beginning on verse 18. Now I'm going to continue, I'm going to read from verses 18 through 25, excuse me, 24. Normally I would stop intermittently and share some words, but today I'm going to read uh, straight through and then I'll break into uh, breaking it down with giving you some pointers. Beginning on verse 18, and the words will be up on the screen as well. This is from the NLT version. Now this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So, she, uh, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from all their sins." All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And if you go into the scripture, the prophet they're talking about is Isaiah, where the next verse says this, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. So I want to take a moment to share with you some pointers. I mean, there's several things that you can learn from this passage, but I hope that these pointers here will help you out as we continue through this Advent series leading up to Christmas. The first point I want to share with you is that character is more important than reputation. I'll say it again. Character is more important than reputation. Think about this, place yourself in Joseph's shoes at that very strict society. Wouldn't you, have, wouldn't you cringe? Wouldn't you have been embarrassed? I mean, in our culture and society, uh, this has become somewhat acceptable, uh, where people living together before they're married and having children it is not uncommon, but that does not make it right according to scripture. However, during this time in the history and under Jewish law, a woman could be put to death 
for this type of conduct. And no wonder why he was saying that he didn't want to publicly disgrace Mary and divorce her quietly. What would your thoughts have been if you were in Joseph's shoes? You would have thought that Mary, maybe you would have thought that Mary was unfaithful to you. What? You're pregnant? With the Holy Spirit? I'm sure Joseph thought the same thing, that uh, Mary was unfaithful to him, but man's initial thoughts and reactions are not the same as God's. We're human, and we understand why Joseph thought the way he did. We may have jumped to conclusions that Mary uh, may have been unfaithful to him, but Joseph's actions tell us much more about his character. You probably heard a saying that says, your reputation is who people think you are. Your character is who you really are. Joseph um, could, have been, uh, could have made his reputation as the top priority. He could have become defensive, but doing so, he would have uh, focused more on the circumstances instead of what God's call was in his life. His obedience gives us courage to live our calling in our lives. You see, the calling that God may have placed in your life, see, we could all be ministers. doesn't mean that you have to have the title of a pastor, but we are ministers of the Almighty God. As the body of Christ, we are the hands and feet. You probably heard this before. We are what the Bible, uh, uh, people in the community and the world is supposed to be looking at, not by only by what we say, but by what we do. And so therefore, when people come towards us, that we're supposed to point them unto Christ. The obedience that gives us the courage to live out that calling in our lives. Joseph, Joseph lived his faith by being an obedient man. Now, that doesn't mean that he didn't have any fears. Let's take a moment to say some things that Joseph feared or, or may have feared. We heard that he feared of having a, a disgrace for Mary, and, and so he quietly wanted to divorce her. But maybe he feared embarrassment and shame for himself and, and Mary. He may have feared public scandal. Can you imagine what the community would think about Mary? hearing that it's not really his child, he feared. He may have feared that his reputation would suffer. And that's just to name a few. I'm sure that if I asked each and every one of you, if you were putting in yourself in Joseph's shoes, you would have a different fear. So I'm sure that he had fears, but he also, he also knew the God that said in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, where he says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, what if... What if Joseph would have said, you know what, well, that's a great idea to take Mary as my wife, but I can't do it. Come on, we have a choice. Well, we, in a sense, like, you know, here it is, the, the message is coming to you. Uh, would Joseph could have said that? I said, you know, it's a great idea, but no, I, I can't do it. I cannot bear the pain and the ridicule of my reputation. 
Life is too short to somebody else help her out. I have other responsibilities, and the list can go on and on. And just like I was sharing with you before, that was almost like that battle between me and, and, and God. as like praying to God, God, I'm, I'm too young, or I can't do this, I can't do that, or, or what about this, or what about that? Those questions became more of the excuses. Until I found this place of nothingness, that it was just in the presence of God, nothing else mattered that I said, I'll go. As a righteous man of God, Joseph was willing to listen and obey. He knew the story of God's people. The Jewish nation had a history of disobedience. He understood the importance of obeying the Lord. I want to share with you the second point. The second point is this, the ramifications of your obedience go far beyond your personal life. Joseph's act of obedience not only changed his life, but it also changed the world forever. Here we are, we're talking about Joseph many years after what's recorded in the, in the scriptures say. His action, his decision made an impact we need to keep this in mind because the ramifications of our disobedience may not always be immediately obvious. Think about this for a moment. Can you think about an individual that has made an impact in your life and they're no longer living? So that means that a decision that they made, maybe it was a decision to be a giving person. Uh, 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 maybe it was a person that just wanted to serve. Uh, maybe it was a person that cared and wanted to have the, uh, a peace within the conflicts. And it was always like the peacemakers. Whatever they did, that carried over and that is still with you. So when something happens, you think about that person. For me, and I was preparing for this message, I think about Joseph has, in the midst of his, his fears, he had, in a sense, this peace. Not right away. The angel told him, don't be afraid. You see, you may not always see it from this side of eternity, your actions and your decisions that you make, but it is so important that we reevaluate the ways that we make decisions now because it will affect the things that will happen later. Not just to you. We're not thinking about ourselves, we're thinking about those that love us, those that you do love and you want a better future for them. And what better future is to let them know about the love of Christ, that even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of grief and pain, that God, that they, you could show them, you don't have to say anything, but you could show them the faith that you have in God. So you may not see it in this side of eternity, but the fact is, your obedience to the call of God, whatever that may be in your life, could change the lives of many people, maybe even millions of people, especially nowadays when you have cameras that goes worldwide and you don't know the impact that people will have. See, Joseph was a poor man. A simple, ordinary man that God found faithful, trustworthy, and obedient. What, what greater privilege could someone have than to be the earthly father of the Son of God? 
What greater privilege? Even though it was a privilege, again, it's like, how, how can I do this? How, can you, how do you want me to be the father of your son? I'm, 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 only, a, I'm only a carpenter. But you know, I'm poor. If it's a son of God, shouldn't he be over in the palace? Shouldn't be more uh, raising in the, in the family of the royalty? Who am I, God? You may be asking those questions yourself. You got a calling in your life, whatever God's placing you. Maybe again, it's to give. Maybe it's to serve. Maybe it's to make an impact in someone's life. And you're still wondering, what's that going to be? But if we trust God, if God is putting that, in, that, that call in your life, he's going to provide peace in the midst of all of it. He's going to provide the tools that you need. And the doors are going to start opening. And that we can focus on those doors saying, okay, God, thank you for opening that door. Thank you for closing the other ones that the direction where I was going because that direction was not going to please you but God let me go in this I, I don't know what direction uh, that what's gonna be behind those doors but as long as you're there God so it's possible that one of the questions in the midst of the fears of Joseph he said God how how could this be? There's a song out there that's titled Joseph's Song by Michael Card, and it goes like this. How could it be this baby in my arms sleeping now so peacefully Son of God, the angel said, how could it be? Lord, I know he's not my own, not of my flesh, not of my bones. Son of God, Lord, for all my life I've been a simple carpenter. How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? He looks so small, his face and hands so fair, and when he cries. The sun just seems to disappear, but when he laughs, it shines again. How could it be? Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man? father to the 
Could it be? 